0: dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby and now I can bring the entire crew my dog and all of our gear with that third row learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com call 562-314-4603 for complete details let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now that's New Balance the two-way V4 featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with Fresh Foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. The rise. There's a great group of teams out there that I would consider to be on the rise. I'm talking about Cleveland, Memphis, Minnesota, New Orleans, and Toronto. The big question is, which of these teams had the most interesting additions? It's a tough one, right, because you look at Gobert, you look at Mitchell, and you look at Zion returning, and they all have their own unique little wrinkles. To me, the Gobert ad is the most fascinating, because that shows, really, that Minnesota's committed to Carl Anthony Towns being himself not doing something that he's not good at right be a three-point machine do your weak side blocking allowing him to be the offensive threat that we know that he can be at all times without having to be the sole rim protector and then Rudy no no doubt is going to be able to anchor this defense hopefully Ant and D'Lo are going to get him some lobs because we know Donovan Mitchell never did when he was in Utah will teams though the question for me is will teams look to go small and run Rudy Gobert off the floor like the Clippers did when they went five out in the playoffs two years ago. Minnesota, to me, is so close to being so good as as long as they remain flexible with their roster depending on who the matchup is, i.e., maybe, benching Rudy Gobert if you have to in the playoffs. Zion, of course, very interesting for the same sort of reasons, right? How do B.I. and Zion work together on the court at the same time? We know that B.I. had issues with Zion, not like from a personal standpoint, but just from a basketball standpoint. They both need the ball. Same sort of situation as Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy in terms of like how does it fit? I'm very intrigued about that. That's been an issue. He definitely looks dominant. I know offensively Zion's going to be great, but we know another issue for him was does he get back on defense? This team was anchored by its defensive prowess last year, why they gave the Phoenix Suns fits. How does Zion change that if he's maybe a little lazy getting back? Right? How does that change the identity of New Orleans and what they built with while he was gone uh, in Oregon and back with the team and rehabbing? Like That's something really interesting moving forward and, and something that I think is a real sort of potential hiccup. The other question is, who among this group breaks through first and actually gets to the finals? Difficult question to answer. I've been racking my brain. I have an answer. I vacillated over this one. I really did. It just has to be, and I know they're taking a step this year, but this is a long-term question, right? It's got to be the Grizz. They're so deep. They took Golden State to the absolute brink, right? Jaw gets hurt, and they still end up winning a game. Many of those playoff moments were very much 50-50. I think John Morant getting injured obviously hurt them a lot. They've got a ton of picks already. They have a very deep team that they can trade assets. And if they wanted to go out and get a star, obviously Jaron Jackson being out this year hurts them. But I really do think that they are that team, like a very deep, very athletic team that has built organically for an identity that they have, much like the Pelicans as well, but I think that they're just maybe a step forward from the Pelicans, maybe a little bit early in terms of real contention. Cleveland, of course, is super interesting as well, because they've got a lot of versatility, but I don't know necessarily how the two small guard lineup, two guards that don't play defense really works. I saw that. I'm a Portland Trailblazer fan. Dame CJ, ask me how the heartbreak was. How does that work in Cleveland? I know they have defensive reinforcements, right, and I think that really helps. But if you're a mid-range jump shooter, you're going to be able to get by and cook Darius Garland and cook Donovan Mitchell, even though he says he can play defense. We'll see. And be able to get into that middle zone before the reinforcements really get there. So I don't know necessarily how far they can go, but I do think they're a super interesting team that's going to be able to compete night to night. Big names, big questions. The next group of teams all have huge question marks hanging over their heads. I'm talking about the Lakers, the Hawks, the Knicks, the Bulls in Portland. My Portland Trailblazers. Of these, the teams with the biggest question heading into the season is obviously the Los Angeles Lakers. Also the New York Knicks. What do we have to say about them? To me, the biggest, biggest question marks are surrounding two teams, right? One on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. Both with fan bases that are delusional as all get out. Number one is the L.A. Lakers. Purple and gold, just a cloud of controversy surrounding them. When you asked me off camera, you said, what are the Lakers' biggest question?" I said all of them. All of them. So many pressing questions. They all center around the point guard position, right? Like, what's happening with Russell Westbrook? It's very strange. Is he going to get moved? Is he going to be a six-man? Is he going to buy into this new role? I feel like this has kind of been what we've been asking about Russell Westbrook for years now. How is he going to adapt? Is he ever going to cut off ball? Is he ever going to be able to shoot jump shots? I know that these are the same old questions, but we haven't gotten any new answers. So the questions remain. They didn't have spacing and shooting. Do they now? Big question mark. Is Anthony Davis playing 82 games? Absolutely not. How many will he play? Big time question mark. So many questions on a team that has, I don't know, the best player of my generation trying to win another title and Rob Palenka doing absolutely nothing to surround him with people who will make him better. And then I think for me, I think you have to take it to the East Coast in the Knicks, right? Like the biggest question for them is you now have a point guard who can get you a bucket, but how does that actually influence the guy who loves to have the ball in his hand, Julius Randle? Are you going to get most improved player, Julius Randle? Or are you going to get what we saw him last year, which is him dribbling a million times and then stepping back at the very end of a shot clock? Just a random, contested jumper, right? He doesn't need to play point guard anymore. That's good. He can play a much more natural position for his size. But he likes to have the ball in his hand, and he makes a lot of money, so you're going to need to figure out how to use him, and he's going to need to figure out how to buy in. Is that going to happen? I have no idea. Is he going to be a post-up shooter now? Is he a spot-up shooter? That's something I'm very curious about. And I also think another big curiosity is how is Tim Tom Thibodeau going to coach? Because we know he loves those veterans. But it's a youth movement now, baby. And he needs to get on board or get on out. Another good question is what team will be the most different moving forward? I like how really quickly I'm just like uh, doing – what I did for the Jerry West interview and the Nick Nurse, but it's just me that I'm teeing up for, from another recording. So that's just, like, very weird. It's like, what did Trista have to say? We tune in. <laughs> the team that's going to be the most different going in from last year to this year is very, very obvious if you look at this grouping, right? Uh, it's the Blazers. They have uh, a healthy Damian Lillard now. Hopefully they don't shut him down for the year again. That would be a big surprise. I hope that they're not tanking again intentionally. That was probably the most, I don't know, embarrassing, obvious, blatantly disrespectful, whatever you want to call it, tank we might have ever seen in the NBA. Like they just shut everyone down for broken toenails. It was like from the OKC level to a whole nother stratosphere, right? And I, I guess the question is, how different does Dame look with Anthony Simons? That's going to be very different. How different? I have no idea. You've got a very happy Nurkic now that he got paid, thanks to Clutch Sports. You've got a, a Jeremy Grant, who is one of the better defenders in the league when he's been healthy. You've got a very long, rangy Nasir Little, a Josh Hart. Guys that really fit in with what I think Chauncey Billups wants to do, which is have heart, have intensity, be able to like defend. And hopefully Damian Lillard does some defending too because that's been his major major weakness and something that's hold, held them back in the postseason and in the regular season because they were the bottom of the barrel defensively for a very long time so I think this team's a very ways away but they're still like another level up from disrespectfully tanking